Welcome to this week's episode of San Diego Sessions. We're going to be joined in studio by saxophonist, multi-instrumentalist, and composer Gabriel Sunday. San Diego Sessions, San Diego's jazz podcast, featuring local artists, new releases, and more. Here are your hosts, Ian Tordella and Ed Kornhauser. Welcome to San Diego Sessions. I'm Ed Kornhauser. And I'm your host, Ian Tordella. And we're joined today by... Mr. Gabriel Sunday. Drumroll. Gabriel Sunday. Uh, saxophonist, multi composer, and instrumentaloid. Uh, and we're going to be discussing his new album from the band Nexus, which is the new album is called Nexus 4000. Correct. Yes. 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 All right. I got it right. It even says it on my paper here. I made sure to write that. But first, I have some questions for Ed. This is oh. our regular segment This versus That. Oh, hit so, me. Uh, first up. Um, Herb Ellis, guitar player, or Herb Alpert from the Tijuana Brass? <laughs> I'm going to go with Herb Ellis, even though I like Herb Alpert. Oh, man. And Herb Alpert did a lot. I know he's... I mean, didn't he donate the money to to um, CalArts? Like, the, the theaters there named after him. He's done a lot in terms of, like, altruistic donations and philanthropy to music education i, I believe, think so which yeah. is super rad but herb ellis is a killer jazz guitar player so i gotta go with him okay so so far you've earned no points <laughs> right zero Ooh, points wow <laughs> okay next one uh tenor saxophonist david sanchez or legendary alto saxophonist david sanborn whoa that's well, okay, this is, again, I'm going to go with David Sanchez, but, or David Sanchez, but uh, David Sanborn, I mean, he had that show, Night, Mus- Night Music, right? I think that, yeah, that's what it was called. Yeah, yeah, which was a super rad show. Like, there was so much cool music that he got on that show, like classical and, and, and jazz and all sorts of things. Really interesting. So that was kind of dope. Plus, he played with Stevie Wonder. So I have, I'm going to go with David Sanchez. But uh, but so you just told me how great David Sanborn is. <laughs> yeah, I'm, still I'm, go with I, I'm just Sanchez. with a cat. I'm going with David. <laughs> I'm, I know, but I, once again, I'm talking more about the one I didn't pick. But I, I, David Sanborn did a lot. You know, I'm giving him props. Yeah, even if I, he's not my favorite player, but he kind of did a lot. Besides. Well, he really knows jazz. He's not just a, a pop player. That you know, he came from somewhere. Yeah, so he can't go for ninety seconds without mentioning Sonny Rollins. If you ever hear David Sanborn talk, oh jeez, so. Yeah, he's, he's into got, it. He's got saxophone Tourette's. <laughs> okay, the, the last one. Uh, Wait, this is the last question? Trombone. Yeah, this isn't the podcast yeah, is over. Yeah. Oh wow. So <laughs> I know the answer to that one though. Trombonist Curtis Fuller, or trumpet player and San Diego resident Curtis Taylor. Oh, why you got to do me like that? Come on, <laughs> come on. That's awful. <laughs> They're, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna plead. Uh, I'm gonna plead the fifth because I love them both. Okay. 
one I know, and he's super rad. He's a great player. And the other one, hmm, is this is silly. Is, is Curtis Fuller still alive? I don't think so. I don't think so either. No, but um, he's great. I love his playing. Uh, okay, no comment. Try, he's gonna hear this. And he's like, yeah, plead the fifth. I'm gonna plead the fifth on that one because I can't. I can't say either way because they're both great. All right. Well, welcome to Dirty Boulevard Recording Company, Gabriel, and uh, we're here. Hello, hello. So, tell us a little bit about your your band, Nexus. Oh, well, Nexus is a band that I started. I don't even know a few years ago. And at first, it was a five-piece. It had myself on saxophone, Ed Kornhauser on keys, Nate Drell on guitar, Charlie Weller on drums, and Mackenzie Layton on the bass. And I wanted, um, it's basically my attempts at squishing together different styles in rock and jazz and jazz fusion. And I kind of borrowed a lot of, I guess, let's say inspiration from like psychedelic and prog rock and jazz rock fusion bands from like the 60s and 70s and i'm a really big fan of bands like gong and yes and nucleus and mahavishnu orchestra and that was where the idea for this group kind of came from and these ideas had been swirling around in my head for yeah the last 10 years or so and i really kind of wanted to you know just continue writing more music and put it out there in the world and you know give something you know put something back in the musical community that wasn't you know along the lines of you know traditional or straight ahead jazz or bop this bop that you know i really kind of wanted to just continue what i've been doing for the last you know the 16 17 18 years of just writing my uh, you know writing uh, creative original music and nice yeah. great well let's and, kick it off we have a uh we have a sneak preview we'll start with some music uh this is from the new nexus album and this is called sundance
All right, we're back with Gabriel Sunday. That was Sundance from Nexus's new album, Nexus 4000. Uh, I feel the need to express a conflict of interest. As Gabriel mentioned before, I'm in this band, uh, so I can't be fully objective. But <laughs> I'd like to ask you some questions about it anyway, if that's all right with you. Go for it. Okay. Well, we already mentioned who plays in it. Uh, where did you record this last record? Uh we recorded at a school. Right. And I was trying to come up with a clever name for this phantom studio that we recorded at, like, I don't know, like, like uh, Rolling Rock or vol- Volcano... Yes. Secret Volcano yeah. Base. Yeah, we, re- we recorded in <laughs> the Secret hall- Volcano Base Studios in, uh, I forget what part of town it's yes. in, but yeah, Nate mm-hmm. teaches out of school, and we kind of rolled in there, I forget what day of the week it was, and it was a Saturday, Saturday morning, and uh, just set up a bunch of stuff and recorded it. Yeah. We only had a few hours, basically, to record the whole stinking album so that's kind of what happened with the apple brown album too we had just one day to record the whole thing had to do it all live and just bam 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 like a machine gun and just kind of fired through it and luckily we're able to get a you know you know some good takes and you know put something together to put out an album yeah sometimes working under the gun is kind of a cool thing it, it makes you it forces you to be creative and it forces you to, it's never cool for me because i'm usually the one running the band running the <laughs> session and i've written all the music and i've arranged all the music and i'm kind of just dictating like all right you go here set up here blah 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 and we got to run that piece again and then we're gonna you know record this tune in the sections and segments and so i have to multitask and i can be good at it at times but then i but then other little things like um then other things suffer. Like, I didn't really get a chance to really warm up that day, and I had a read that I didn't like, but I <laughs> it's ridiculous. I played on it anyway, so I'm like, oh, I'll just work with it. And it's okay, you know, the performance is okay, but I was still under, um, you know, the pressure to take care of and manage the whole recording session, so sometimes I forget, oh, I have to play on this as well. Yeah, and, I, I, I can relate to, I mean, I'm not a saxophone player like my two esteemed colleagues who are in this room, but uh, I know what it's like to have to work with a piano that I don't particularly like, and uh, you sort of fight the instrument the whole time to try to get your sound. Uh-huh. Um, but I thought it came out great. Uh, oh, yeah. Doug's playing, especially. That was the first time I really got to play in like a creative music session with, with Doug Musin, the trumpet player. Right. Um, and boy, he's great. His like screaming high playing is is terrific. Yeah, I actually played in uh, this band, this salsa Latin jazz band called Primo. I played in that group for years and years with players like Doug Musin and Brad Steinway also played in that group for a good while but that's how I really know Doug you know about 15 years I started playing with him in that group and uh yeah been nice so I also want to mention Doug Doug was the one that did the mix on this record yes Doug Musin uh mixed it he was also there I mean he was playing on the session tune and he was helping us record it but we actually had one of Nate's students kind of get involved and I think he was actually pushing the button stop and go tape operator yeah the tape. I remember that I totally forgot but yeah we did yeah we're putting tape in air quotes. Yes. Tape <laughs> operate. Um, and actually, I have, a, I have a question. I don't know this. Uh, Doug recorded it. We all perform live. It's all, it's all live. Um, and we, as you probably heard, there were a lot of effects. Was, yes. there, was everything done was live? Or, or was effective. It is very effective. Uh, was there any post-production or after effects done in the recording? Um, like, sort of... Gee whiz. I don't think there... You know... I mean, besides mixing, obviously, but I just mean any sort of yeah. crazy after effects in post production. I don't think there was anything added. There yeah, was nothing I, added. I mean, the only, you know, of course, you know, added some reverb on the horns, little things like that to kind of just you know, juice it up. You know. Cool. 
Because um, I, but, yeah, I, we, we, I know even I had a, even I, the keyboard player, had a pedal, but I know both Nate and Grant, the two guitar players, had pedals yeah. for days. Now, this recording session, just like uh, most of the other recording sessions that I've done with bands that I've led, it's all live, you know? Uh, but what you pretty much get and what you do in the studio is that's what you end up with on tape. You know, if you drop your instrument and in the middle of a song, you got to pick it up and start all over again, like, that's just kind of that's what you get you know that's probably going to end up on the record and i've done that a lot and you know i leave in uh you know a lot of mistakes that i make and you know i don't want to go back in and really fix a whole lot i'm kind of you know just what can i say get the spontaneous vibe yeah Yeah, just that that live that live action yeah and with with a band this size there's not really (laughs) any need to do overdubs because you got two guitar players two horns you know it's a definitely a big full sound oh yeah um but that's something i was going to ask you about what what inspired you to start writing for a band of this density or did it just grow out of the the uh original nexus because you were mentioning as well while we were talking during the track that there there were two iterations of nexus oh yeah that's right so nexus was the first i guess version of the band and then, and then, like two or three years after, I thought, no, actually, it's probably a couple of years. Nexus was around for a couple of years before I decided I want to expand the band a little bit. I want to add, you know, two or three more people. I wanted to keep it a little more open and just have a larger ensemble, write some different kind of arrangements that were a lot more open, some different type of structured improvisations. So I decided I'm going to come up with a second version. So we had Nexus, which was the original version, and then Nexus 4000. That was the band that was a little bit bigger, some different arrangements, some different music, and had, I don't want to say a different sound, still very much in the same style, it's just some different tunes. Um, yeah. And originally I was thinking Nexus 4000 can be a little more open in terms of instrumentation. We could have percussion players play with us, um, maybe even you know two drummers at some point. I've, I've talked about different, uh, I guess, variations with people in the past in a... And but the only changes we've really gone through as Nexus Four Thousand has been the second horn player. It's like every show we've done, it's been you know first it was Gabe Wolf playing trumpet, and then uh, and then Evan McCalm did us like one or I think just one show with us, and then Andy Guy did a show with us on trombone, and then yeah. Adrian Terrazas Gonzalez did. Uh, I think he just did one, and the last one he was supposed to do with us, he just just disappeared. Right. He's vanished. He's somewhere. He's in nowhere the, to be found. South of the border. Yeah. Something like that. And so we got Malcolm Jones to fill in at the last minute, which was great. Uh, so thanks, Malcolm, for helping us out with that. That was, yeah. so that was a good show. Yeah. Super That fun. was really cool he did that. He stepped in and read. He did a great job. Yeah. Played mostly flute, too, because mostly the arrangements for, for that show, uh, for the second horn on flute. Um, I decided that it might be easier just to call this band Nexus because the first band was called Nexus and then I created Nexus 4000 because I still kind of wanted both groups to maybe gig around the same time and still play shows as two separate entities but they were still related very much related um it's just yeah because I have these arrangements this this book of music I wrote for the instrumentation in Nexus and Nexus 4000 was a larger ensemble and some different writing but then I decided we're gonna call Nexus 4000 Nexus, and Nexus will still be Nexus. It's just now, with this new album, this new recording, I decided to get title the album Nexus 4000, you know, to kind of direct people, you know, to, to the music who recognize the name, but still, it's going to be, it's been assimilated into the Nexus family, and it's taken on the Nexus name. Would you say that yeah. this is the Nexus of Nexus? <laughs> 
I guess that that could be stated. Yeah, yeah. That, could, that, that could be said. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, going back to get like a little music nerdy here, so something you were talking about the composition. Um, one thing I noticed, you, you were talking about your different influences for the band, but uh, a thing I noticed is in this music, it, it brings in outside influences, and it's not just this head solo head format, whether we're talking about bebop or fusion or whatever. It, it's not in that, that more jazz format. You're incorporating open sections and through-composed ideas and, and mm-hmm. different things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, where, where did those kind of ideas come from? Or? It came from so many different places. But at first, I want to say, I love jazz. I love straight-ahead jazz. I love being able to play standards and just, you know, just just, just, just geek out and riff on, you know, um, like, what's that? What's that? What's that one song? Um, it's only a paper moon. For whatever reason, that's like the song I'm, I was just thinking in my head right now. And certain songs like that, you know, of course, I love playing that music. And I love just being able to just play through the changes. But, you know, there's enough of that. And there's enough people in this world, you know, playing that kind of music as much as I love it. You know, I needed to say something different. There are there are a lot of other things from my experiences in this world as a human being of 39 years in this planet, I guess, you know, I wanted to try to somehow incorporate into music and and find a way to express myself and, you know, things that I was seeing or feeling. And, you know, I've drawn a lot, I guess, of inspiration from, you know, other uh, composers like Especially Sun Ra and Charles Mingus. Those are in the jazz world. Those are two of my greatest influences, I think. Especially with Mingus and his writing and uh, these extended forms and just these really, in my opinion, unique melodies and you know harmonic progressions and just um, just these soundscapes and just layers. And especially when I think of things like Black Saint and the Sinner Lady, which is, in my opinion, one of the greatest pieces of music ever written. But that. That's just how I feel. And I think it's, there's so many things, so many beautiful things in that album, in that recording, in that, in that work that I know I feel like still teaches me a lot about how I can approach making music, especially something that, you know, really has a lot of guts, a lot of power and has to, and it feels like it needs to present something or say something. Um, So there's that, there's that stuff. Yeah. (laughs) And then, but also I think about... I am just as much of a rock musician as I am a jazz musician, and a lot of people think, you know, I just play jazz, or you know, because I'm a saxophone player. But um, yeah, I am a saxophone player, and I love playing that music, but also love playing guitar, and I love listening to prog rock and a you know death metal and punk, and just there's a lot of a lot of things that I draw from, a lot of things that I still listen to today, a lot of things that influenced me when I was a lot younger, and, you know, th- still things are a part of my life as a, not just a musician, but someone who just loves music. Right. Well, what, and what I love about um, Mingus and Sun Ra, and, and especially your music, is the way you wrote it, 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 it is your personality and gusto, and it's in your face, but also it leaves so much up to the musicians. Um, it leaves, you know, you're leaving a lot up to the players and letting their uh, personalities come out. There's definitely um, an element of choose your own adventure, yeah, which I which I like a little a bit, but yeah, but I, I've limited the options, of course. You, know. <laughs> you have to keep Ed under control. You don't want to, right? We don't want his personality to come out well, too so, much. <laughs> sometimes you just say E7, and I'm like, okay, there's a lot I can do with that. You know, uh, just E7. But there's still a lot that. Uh, uh, there's still a lot of exploring that needs to be done within, you know, with, with this idea, with these ideas, these compositions, and also just uh, <clears throat> the instrumentation, but also the, the 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 personnel, the people that I have in the band. And I think in a lot of ways we're still getting used to playing together. Yeah, 
No, but there, I agree. There's a lot of space in here, and like these compositions, you you can kind of grow into it, and they they sound different on every gig, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So and... it gives the band somewhere to go. So it's almost with stuff like this, it's almost never finished. Yeah, I could see that. But I, I when I I was thinking of that, and then I was thinking of okay, there was this band I used to call, I used to play in. I used to have, it was one of my projects, it was called Mutant Space Boy, and after a while I stopped playing sax in it, and I just wanted to focus on guitar in that band. And there was a song that I wrote called From Zero to One, and it's actually online somewhere if anyone out there wants to dig it up and, like, I want to hear this sax player guy play guitar, it's all live, and it's raw, and it's rough, and it's, you know, it's not a studio, it's not, a, it's not an impeccable studio performance, you know, it's just one of those shows we play, it's like, I just need to record this, and just put it up there, it'll be fun, it'll be great, you know, I just like writing this music, and I want to present it to the world, but um, that was one of those tunes where there was basically maybe, like, four or five different sections, four or five different riffs, and, you know, I think the song's maybe 15 minutes long, but I was experimenting with this idea of having these 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 trans, these sections where one kind of flows organically into the other. And it was, it's still, um, I guess, um, an approach I'm experimenting with, but now it's on a grander scale with seven people instead of four. I think at times, you know, Mutant Space Boy could have been anywhere, anywhere from three members to... Uh, maybe six. Or yeah, I was seven. gonna. I was gonna ask if if Mutant Space Boy was sort of the predecessor to Nexus in 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 any way. I don't know. I don't know what was because there was a lot of things that were happening. And I think of Bus Ride, Apple Brown, um, Followers, um, even some of that stuff. Remember the extraterrestrial exploration program? That oh, was right. Yeah. There was this time I went back to San Diego State to get my master's degree, and then I decided for my graduate recital I was going to have the Apple Brown Jazz Ensemble versus the Extraterrestrial Exploration Program and the, the Extraterrestrial Exploration Program. The, that was the second half of the program and that was featuring a lot of music that is very similar to the stuff that I started writing for Nexus and also some, some stuff that I was writing uh, for this band called Followers that I was playing in um, several years ago, about 10 years ago or so. But... uh yeah, full disclosure yeah. again, I I played in all of that as well. You never played <laughs> yeah. in Bus Ride. And I never did. did play in Bus Ride, but I, I was referring to the recital in both sets. Yes, yeah. yeah. Edward Kornhauser was the keyboard player in both sets of that graduate recital. Okay, well, let's uh, let's hear another song from this new Nexus record. but And get your quick plug in here. When is the this album going to come out? I have is, no idea. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm actually still trying to figure that out. I just got the Masters maybe about a week and a half ago or so. Awesome. And I'm still kind of doing a lot of research. Well, a little bit of research. There's a lot of things I'm kind of working on at the moment. Can we expect it this fall or maybe is it We can expect this album to come out maybe this – probably this – this fall or this winter. I have not determined a date yet because I don't know how it's going to be duplicated. If I was going to be able to get a record label to assist me with them. The duplication or the distribution. Yeah. Well, I have this old tape deck. It's got, like, high-speed dubbing if you want to, like, knock out a few copies. Yeah. Well, who has cassette? Who has a cassette player? They're, Everyone. They're, ra- yep. they're raise your hand. Back. They're Everyone has back. a cassette player. Raise your hand. That could be your boutique offering. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, yeah, here's an, another sneak peek from, exclusive sneak peek from the new Nexus record, and this one is called... Tetraclops. Tetraclops.
This is San Diego Sessions, your inside perspective on the SD jazz scene. Hi, I'm Nick Caldwell, and here is your jazz forecast for September 24th to October 1st. Sunday, October 1st, the Whitney Shea Quartet plays on the patio at the Bernardo Winery in Rancho Bernardo, playing some high-energy jazz and blues from 2 to 5 p.m. Dancers welcome. No cover in all ages. Also Sunday, the Robert Dove Quartet plays Panama 66 from 6 to 7.50 p.m. Vocalist Leonard Patton and pianist Ed Kornhauser play their monthly first Sunday engagement at the Turf Supper Club in Golden Hill from 8 to 11 p.m. No cover, 21+. plus. Monday, October 2nd, guitarist Louis Valenzuela hosts his regular Monday night jam session at Rosie O'Grady's in Normal Heights from 9 p.m. to midnight. No cover, 21 and up. Tuesday, October 3rd. KSDS and Jazz88 present Jazz Live with the Gilbert Castellanos Afro-Cuban Big Band at the Seville Theater on the City College campus. Music begins at 8 p.m. If you're a Jazz88 member, you can reserve up to two free tickets on jazz88.org. If not, you can call 619-388-3301 and order tickets. Jazz Live is a monthly live radio broadcast with a live audience, so stay tuned for more great jazz. If you can't make it, listen from home on Jazz88.3 FM. Vocalist Anne Hampton Calloway performs a tribute to women songwriters at Martini's Above Fourth at 8 p.m. Wednesday, October 4th. Trumpeter Gilbert Castellanos hosts his regular Wednesday night jam session at Panama 66, a mainstay in San Diego for decades. Listen to the best jazz San Diego has to offer right in the middle of Babola Park. Music from 8.30 to 11 p.m. Drop by early to see the Young Lions play from 6 to 8 p.m., featuring up-and-coming musicians from around the city. No cover and all ages. Thursday, October 5th. Trumpeter Gary Rich hosts his first Thursday jam at Boray Southern Bistro from 7 to 10 p.m., featuring Dean Kula on bass, Kathleen Shoemaker on piano, and Bob Weller on drums. Friday, October 6th. If you happen to be flying... The hosts of this podcast, Ian Tordella and Ed Kornhauser, are playing inside Terminal 2 at the SD International Airport from 11.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m., past security. Guitarist Alex Chivarelli will join bassist Jason Littlefield and drummer Nathan Hubbard at the Handlery Hotel and Hotel Circle from 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. No cover and parking is validated. The Friday Happy Hour is a regular series put on by Holly Hoffman, so stay tuned for more great jazz. Saxophonist and composer Antifidi Amara and his quartet play at Dizzy's featuring Joshua White on piano, Rob Thorson on bass, and Russell Bazette on drums. Gilbert Castellanos presents Jazz at the Westgate from 8 to 11 p.m. in the lobby bar of the Westgate Hotel. No cover. Saturday, October 7th. Vocalist Lorraine Castellanos joins guitarist Bob Boss at Harvest by the Patio in East Village at 6 p.m. The Athenaeum presents Jazz at the Auditorium at TSRI for their annual fall series, this time featuring a celebration of Thelonious Monk's 100th birthday with pianist Danilo Perez, featuring bassist Ben Street and drummer Adam Cruz. Music starts 7.30pm. Saxophonist Bill Shreve brings his quartet to Northern Spirits in North County from 7.30 to 10.30pm. Sunday, October 8th. Sassy Sunday with Lorraine Castellanos at the Turf Supper Club from 8 to 11 p.m. Jazz standards at one of the oldest piano bars in the city. 
No cover, but you have to be 21 or older. I'm Nick Caldwell, and this is San Diego Sessions. Subscribe on iTunes or listen online at DirtyBoulevardRecording.com. We're back, coming to you from an undisclosed location in Golden Hill, California. We're in a hollowed-out volcano base. We're in a hollowed-out volcano base with saxophonist, multi-instrumentalist, and international man of mystery, Gabriel Sunday. Direct from the bomb shelter. (laughs) Ed has our usual segment, the San Diego Seven. Yes, these are seven questions I have for you. Uh, Answer them from the top of your head and the bottom of your heart. I will do my best. Okay. Uh, some of them are music-related. Some of them are less music-related. Number one, what's the first thing you thought of when you woke up this morning? Um, absolute fright, because I um, had a cephalic carnage song um, as, I guess, my alarm when I woke up this morning at, I think it was like seven, like 8 o'clock or something. So, yeah, just obnoxious, like, death metal rattling your brain and <clears throat> out of bed. And so wow. it was actually quite frightening. I've done Terror. it before because it's it's a sure way for me to wake up. See, I, after that, I don't want to go back to sleep. It's I like, think I, I think you could take a page out of my book. My uh, my uh, alarm this morning was uh, "What You Would Do for Love" by Bobby Caldwell. Yeah. See, the the song was called <laughs> "Raped by an Orb." <laughs> so Bobby Caldwell will make you get out of bed no matter what. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Boy. All right. What's up next? All right. Number two. Buy an orb. Sorry, give me a second. Hey okay, man, I'm not, I don't I don't make the stuff up. Okay, breathe. Just okay. Right, relax. Here we go. Room tone. Numero two. Okay. Number two. Not to play favorites, but you have a favorite venue to play in town. Hmm. Um. I'm gonna say the Casbah because I've been playing there for almost 20 years with various different bands, and you know they still have you know. They put still put on amazing shows. You know, the people who work there are great people, and some of them are old friends of mine, and some of them I played music with in the past. And so uh, I would have to say the Casbah is still my favorite venue in San Diego. Sweet. I got tickets there to see Corey Henry on Saturday. Superstar. Who? Corey Henry. Corey Henry. He's a... Organ player. Cool. Really, Keyboard player. Really? really good. Okay, I don't, I'm not yeah. familiar with him, so you're going to yeah. you're gonna have to teach me. We'll, we'll check it out after the show. Yeah. Yes. Number three. This is a, a little bit of this or that. Okay. Uh, Guar... Or Cannibal Corpse? Definitely Cannibal Corpse. Even though, well, I do have a favorite Guar song, and I can't say the name on this show. Our censors appreciate that. <clears throat> yeah, you're welcome. Um, but definitely Cannibal Corpse, especially, I mean, um, Chris Barnes was cool, but I am, a, I, I guess I'm a little more partial to, to uh, what's his name? Uh, I'm forgetting his last, his first name. Corpse Grinder. He was a singer that followed Chris Barnes and Cannibal Corpse. Uh, hmm. Does he? Does he the one with the long hair? Or they both have long hair. I think they all have long. They hair. They all have long hair. That makes sense. <laughs> of course, right. they all have long hair. Ed. It's death metal. Of course, they do. Ah, uh, <laughs> that was beyond me. Uh, number four. What's your guitar pedal of choice? Uh, I do like. Hmm, I like. It's a. It's a toss up between that green Line Six delay pedal and the the Moog um, ring modulator. Cool. Yeah, I would have to. Nice. Do you run your wow. saxophones through? This is not a question on the page, but do you run your saxophones through effects? I have in the past. I just don't do it too often. Um, I think you know it's been a long time, probably like ten years or so since I've actually 
I mean, no, actually, I mean, I got together with with uh, Dion Thurman and Harley Magsino a few weeks ago to jam, and I actually hooked them all up again and was just experimenting, goofing around. But, you know, it's been a long time since I've done that because I'm, you know, like I said earlier, really focusing on the like the composition, and I've actually spent too much time writing rather than performing, and I kind of want to flip it. I want to, you know, be able to play and just not have to think about, you know, putting together tunes and running rehearsals. And But, yeah, I'm going to get back to that soon when I – get myself back into the right performance situation and have, you know, the right gear because I do have some ideas for how I want to explore, you know, that stuff in the future. Cool. Very cool. All right. Number five. This is a multi-part question. Uh Uh-oh. Is he a dot or is he a speck? When he's underwater, does he get wet or does the water get him instead? Nobody knows. Particle man. <laughs> ding ding ding! Yeah, ding, you can't ding, see ding, me, ding. but I am very yeah, excited yeah. right now. Ed's I, freaking out, man. I knew I'd get you with that one. Okay, yeah. that may be happening. There's probably only maybe there's a maybe two other people. Well, there's two other people that I can think of who might be able to answer that question. Yeah. You know that we know. I right. mean, if you, that's that they might be giants. Yes. Yeah. Ha- see, I knew. Yeah, that's one of the that's yeah. one barely. <laughs> that has that. Doesn't that have that? Yeah, it does. There's that really squeaky saxophone solo on it. Uh, on that song, on Particle Man, is it there? Like a- I can't remember. That, that was actually one of my least favorite songs. But, I know, but, but it was one of the few songs <laughs> I could think of that has a question in it. You know, yeah. Because I, the other one I could think of is, who was at the Dupont Pavilion? Why was the bench still warm? Who had been there? Mm-hmm. That was the only other question I could think of from their lyrics. All right, all right. All Number right, six. Right. We're going down a wormhole. Okay, here. all right. Yeah, the wormhole of they might be giants or the it, rabbit hole. I guess we are both big fans. Yeah. Dr. Wormhole. <laughs> Next question. Okay. <laughs> Number six. Are there any musical acts you're excited to check out soon here in town or away from San Diego? Um, not yet. Not that I can think of, but I will say in the last year I've had the opportunity to see one of my favorite bands and then one of my most un- – well, I mean, I don't want to say they're a new favorite because I still, you know, have a lot to, you know – gather about them and in terms of i haven't heard too much of their music but i know these people i mean not personally okay so when i was in germany last year i got to go to berlin because i had to i just needed a little break from you know what i was doing at that time so i got to see Mashuga play and they're one of my favorite bands and that was one of the most amazing shows i got to see and recently um dead cross uh they played a show in San Diego, and uh, Secret Chiefs 3 opened up for them, and they're an amazing band. And, of course, it was uh, Trevor Dunn, who played with Mr. Bungle, and Trey, who was a guitar player for Mr. Bungle as well. And there were some other bands that they played in, but, uh, of course, you know, Mr. Bungle was one of those, another big influence for me when I was much younger. And, and, and even still today, I still love you know, Mr. Bungle and you know, all these Mike Patton projects like Phantomos and still like Faith No More. And it's it's good stuff but as far as future concerts future bands i don't know but I, that's the what's best. your favorite concert in the future like if you could time travel into the future <laughs> no. what's going to be your favorite concert um <laughs> that was a hypothetical yeah. question i want to see the real- I, I, I can't think of one that doesn't involve me so that <laughs> hey it could be your own concert can, can i can i say i want to see the reanimated corpse of keith jarrett <laughs> yeah, in the future, in the after future. he dies. After he dies. I want okay. to see him after he dies. No. We're getting way too obtuse here. Okay, all right. And uh, <laughs> final question. Okay. Number seven, our old standby. Uh-uh. 
Well, bacon? That's it. That's the whole question. Bacon? I'm going to have to say no. Oh, no! Oh. I mean, sometimes it's cool. I'm just not much of a bacon fan. It has nothing to do with I'm, I'm Jewish, you know. But uh, It I has just, nothing I, to do with that. You just don't like it. Okay. Bacon? I mean, other pork products are just fine. You know, pork, you know. But you're not a fan pork. of bacon. We're, I, uh, we're, I'm keeping score. Now it's three, three no's, five yeses. No, but I'm a, I'm a fan of pork products. It's just bacon in particular. Some I guess it's got to be prepared in just the right way because I'd always found it to be really just greasy and you know it was really messy to make. And true. <laughs> no, this is true. So, uh, but yeah, if all right, generally, yeah, all right, all right. Okay, that was uh, San Diego Seven. Featuring Ed Kornhauser and Gabriel Sunday. Uh, uh, we're going to get back to the music here. Uh, obviously, we've been talking about the new Nexus record, which is going to be entitled Nexus 4000. Yes. And you can hear that, and you will be able to hear that, and a lot more of Gabriel Sunday's music on GabrielSunday.com. So, I would also like to add that one of the best ways to get in touch with me or to find out about my musical happenings is, you know, Facebook, it's a social media tool that a lot of people use nowadays, and that's one of the best ways that I have to let people know about upcoming performances or news of uh, upcoming releases, such as, you know, the upcoming Nexus 4000 album. So if you'd like to stay in touch, you know, that's one of the best ways to, you know, yeah. to, 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 I guess, get information or news about me. or the Facebook. Co- I'm really not on Instagram. I mean, I'm on Instagram. I don't use it very much, but I will try my best, you know, to connect with people there to uh, inform the public, the masses, about what may be happening. Excellent. <clears throat> well, let's let's talk about one more of your current projects, and then we'll hear another Nexus tune to take it out. But Oh, really? What's you're that? Al- what's that? You're also in a group. Uh, I believe you're the saxophone player in a group called the Gabriel Sunday Trio. Yeah. Yeah. I have... <clears throat> I know I kind of said something earlier about there being enough you know, straight-ahead players and that kind of approach to music making you know, in the world, but and also said I love playing that kind of music. And for the last 18 years or so, I've been focusing on writing my own music and doing this really goofy, crazy, sometimes experimental and obnoxious or sometimes even sweet and pretty and lovely and fluffy. And there's a lot of things that I've written, but really my focus was on writing original creative music and i think it was maybe two or three years years ago i decided i want to do something that's a lot less stressful and to place fewer demands on myself and i wanted something with a little less pressure and also play music that i really enjoy playing so i put together the gabriel sunday jazz trio and uh, uh in the past it's been Mackenzie layton matthew smith and myself i do like the idea of having no chords no chords no chords in the way because yes. If you know the San Diego music scene, Mackenzie Layton's a bass player and Matthew Smith is a drummer. So yeah, there's no chords, no chordal instrument. No chords. I get to make up my own chords. You know, sometimes you know, throwing that major third over a minor chord. Yeah. yeah. What do you think of the What do you think of the benefits of playing with a chordless trio? Because Mac likes it too. His trio is when he yeah. plays is usually with saxophone as well. Well, that was one of the things. Uh, I love the idea of being able to switch it up, you know, on the fly and not having it clash too much with a like a a guitar player or a keyboard player or a vibraphone who's not really, you know, uh, it definitely, it frees up that space in a lot of ways. It allows me to be a little more expressive, I guess. Like there is a, there is a, you know that, you know, of course we all know that. Was it Fastball? Is that the name of the band? 
Yeah. I did that song. I did an arrangement of the song called The Way. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, like, a couple of years ago. and They made up their minds, and they started packing. Left before the sun came up that day. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, you know, we play it as a tango. I mean, that's that's not really the thing, thing, thing I'm talking about, but... um. It was like on that song in particular, I would just sometimes alternate between playing a minor chord, even though the tune's really predominantly in a minor key. I would sometimes go back and forth between playing it as a major chord or outlining it as a major chord or a minor chord. I like having that freedom. Mm. And, you know, it's just, you know, playing without a chordal instrument gives me a lot more flexibility in a lot of ways, harmonically, melodically. Yeah, you can kind of go where, wherever you want without fear of, like, oh, is this going to clash with what the, the chord dude? The chord dude. Yeah, he's yeah. playing. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, as a as a chord player, I'm always I'm always like, oh, I want to hear the I want to hear everything fleshed out. Yeah. But as as I can appreciate that that freedom a lot. Yeah, and just the space that you can create with that kind of instrumentation. And so many times in the past, I would play with a keyboard player, or a guitar player, and they're just comping all over the place. They won't stop comping. Stop comping. Just create a little more. Let it breathe. Leave it a little more air. A little more space. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's just. A lot of times, it's it's like it just gets filled up with yeah just with stuff. Well, a great thing in the trio in any trio setting is it, I think it gives each of the three people uh, more range in in respect to to the density. Mm-hmm. More absolutely, <laughs> like you can play a lot and fill up a lot more space because there's not the chords in the way, or you can play a lot less and, and leave leave that space and pace things so mm-hmm. that's 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 what's fun for me yeah and also one of the things i wanted to mention about the trio is that um also one of the things that kind of inspired me to put it together was uh i like playing tunes that people typically do not play um there was you know you know when i was much younger like when i was in high school i really liked king curtis and illinois jacket and there was like a you played the song before it's a a song that was written by Milt Buckner. It's a song called Sassy, and it's one of the coolest tunes, and I never hear it anywhere. No one ever plays it, and I never was able to find like a lead sheet for it. So I figured, I'm going to transcribe this. And this was like maybe like 10 years ago. I decided, I'm going to transcribe this, and I want to play this because it's a really cool song. And I think I ended up playing it on Barry for some sort of function at San Diego State. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other stuff. Uh, Lean Baby, it's another song that was... Uh, popularized yeah, by i know that yeah, one yeah you know that one and so, it's another one of those yeah. really slick cool tunes that you don't hear people play and that's another reason why i wanted to do this trio i was like i want to i want to play these tunes i don't want to go to a, a jam session and play girl from me panema yeah yeah I, that's I wanna, what yeah i'm a i want i want my own trio and i want to play these really cool slick tunes that just don't really get a whole lot of attention and yeah, and just doing goofy things like the way as a tango, and um, there was a uh, shiny stockings. Oh, yeah, I know you guys do that. Shiny stockings. That's kind of like one of one of our tunes that we've been goofing around with for a good while, a couple of years. And um, I really like a lot of Disney music and Sesame Street stuff like that. You know, because the music was really great. Now these really great songwriters, not just lyricists, but also the music they composed. Um, so there is some, there's some, I'm trying to think of some other stuff I've done. Rubber Ducky. I did yeah. like with app, the Apple Brown <laughs> jazz ensemble there. There was so much music I wrote for that band that we never got to record. And I did this really m- m- messed up arrangement of rubber ducky and it's, it's super fun, but right. we never get to play. Maybe one of these days I'll bring it back somehow find a way to play it with the trio but um like with the trio there's a song called love it's a really sweet pretty tune that was in uh the the dizzy cartoon movie robin hood 
I forget what year that was. Um, so there's little things that I was able to incorporate, you know, into the the the, the trio's repertoire. Just right. some really just just cool music, cool tunes. It doesn't matter where they came from, and uh, just wanted- yeah. Well, that's one thing I I really enjoy about watching you and when we are doing straight ahead playing because I love playing fusion and busting out the pedals too. But I love playing straight ahead you know classic jazz and, yeah. and when i hear you play even when it's something just like pennies from heaven i mean i kind of know that <laughs> tune but nobody plays that tune and nobody yeah. calls tunes like that so yeah. it's just like Sonny rollins would do these obscure tunes it's really like brings out the personality of your band um just by the repertoire you guys are doing yeah. which is awesome yeah definitely mm. want to keep it light and fun and just swing it in when are you going to incorporate ladybug picnic into your set or ladybug's picnic I don't know. Um, I put a lot of things on hold because I was going to be doing some traveling. Uh, I was supposed to be going to New Orleans and Nashville just to visit and just kind of check things out. And uh, because of you know uh, some personal stuff, family stuff, uh, other things I've been working on, and work, and the weather, hurricanes, and such, and and impending nuclear doom, um, yeah. uh, I've, I've postponed some my travels. And so also because of that, I have been lagging in booking future gigs. You know, with the trio and with Nexus, because uh, I'm still trying to figure out, you know, when I'm going to be here, when I'm going to be gone, so I can, you know, work around that. Right. So I guess, you know, As to, if you're listening to this podcast in the post nuclear wasteland, uh, sorry, we couldn't warn you. <laughs> so this is po- <laughs> it's postponed your arrangement of a ladybug picnic in any event, but <laughs> yes. So uh, because of all of this craziness in my life. The Gabriel Sunday Jazz Trio version of Ladybug Picnic will be postponed. Has right. has not been created yet, and that is yeah, it's just, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Well, we're gonna take it out with one more tune, but you can keep a lookout on Facebook or on GabrielSunday.com for the new music from Nexus, and you might be able to catch the Gabriel Sunday Trio around town. And Gabriel, we want to thank you so much for being our guest today. Yeah, thanks for having me, and you thanks, are, for, thanks for the coffee. You're welcome. You're an officer and a gentleman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, we're going to take it out with one more tune. This is going to feature Gabriel on the bass clarinet, and this is Love and Light, and this is from the original Nexus album, Inner Cosmic Dimensions.
You've been listening to the San Diego Sessions podcast brought to you by Dirty Boulevard Recording Company. Please subscribe now on iTunes or listen online at DirtyBoulevardRecording.com. Theme music composed by Ed Kornhauser. Performed by Ed with Grant Fisher guitar, Harley Magzino bass, Ian Tordella saxophone, and Charles Weller on drums. If you'd like to be a guest on San Diego Sessions, please contact us. All musical selections are used by permission of the artists. San Diego Sessions is engineered and produced by Ian Tordella at Dirty Boulevard Recording Company. <laughs>